You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to the Ride In DFS and Betting Podcast, U.S. Open, Tory Pines edition. So, there was a little bit of a hiatus. We did a PGA podcast. There's another little bit of a hiatus. We're doing the U.S. Open podcast. It seems like we're just doing majors around here anymore, but that is not the case. I am no longer in school, bogged down with all that goes with it. It was one hell of a year, uh, pun intended. But we made it. It's summer. I have shit to do except hang out with the kids and play golf and, you know, record some golf podcasts, do some golf betting. And eventually into the summer, we will do some NFL DFS stuff. But the ride in is back. Short hiatus. You know, we took a couple weeks off in, in April, a couple weeks off in May, but we are back. So, from here on out, we should have a PGA podcast every week and then right into NFL season. That leads me to this. I don't often ask for clicks, downloads, ratings, reviews, but because of the hiatus, because we were not around for about a month, you know, only had one podcast over the last five weeks, I think, uh, we've dropped in the charts, I mean. Makes sense, right? If you're not putting out content, you're not getting ratings, reviews, clicks, etc. So, at this point, if you have not, please rate, review, download, click, do whatever you can to get us back uh, up to the top of the Apple charts. That'd be lovely. Uh, but let's talk about Tory. Let's get into this U.S. Open. It's going to be so much fun. I'm pumped that I am not working, so I will be posted up all of Thursday. In Friday, uh, so I'm excited to watch these guys duke it out. Um, so here's here's what I am, how I am handicapping Tory, right? It's obviously going to play difficult. Um, if you've been watching the press conferences this week, the rough is up. Typical USGA trying to make it extremely difficult. Um, they they kicked back one of the par fives to a par four, so it's a par seventy one. Just you're going to need to hit the ball far here, um, and you're going to need to be in the fairway. Uh, I was watching Jordan Spieth talk about how it is completely different than Wingfoot because um, Wingfoot was so dried out that everything was rolling into the rough pretty much, and there were so many angles that um, and dog legs and undulating fairways that Guys who were hitting fairways, they were still rolling into the rough. So he thinks that's why it benefited uh, guys like Bryson and Matthew Wolf uh, last year because they were just pounding the ball. Obviously, having a short distance into the green from the rough is advantageous rather than having a long distance into the green from the rough. Speed seems to think that it's going to be a different story. Guys who are hitting the fairway at uh, Torrey will be able to keep it in the fairway. He just thinks there's there's going to be a higher fairways and reg percentage from you know the the more accurate drivers of the golf ball. So 
I think that's something to to look into. Um, the other thing is nearly half the approach shots at Torrey come from 175 plus. That is going to be bumped up because now on the par 5 that has been made a par 4, pretty much every approach shot there is going to be from 175 plus. Whereas, you know, if guys laid up uh, at times, their approach shot would be between 100 and 150 yards. But that is pretty much semantics. Smaller greens here at Torrey. Um, so here's the the prototype of the player that I am looking at. I want guys that gain strokes off the tee, um, both hitting fairways and hitting the ball pretty far, right? So guys like, uh, you know, you kind of pick on Brendan Todd all the time when you think about guys who hit it straight but short. I don't really, I don't have interest in a guy like Brendan Todd here. Even though he's going to be in the fairway, he's going to be deep, he's going to be ways back. I would rather guys that hit it far over guys that hit it straight. If I can get somewhere uh, best of both worlds, that is kind of what I am looking into. Uh, So the stats that I put into the model, the usuals, plus a little bit of um, par 4 scoring from 450 to 500, that is where uh, the plurality of hole distances are um, par five scoring. There's three par fives. You're going to need to score on those holes and tread water uh, on the rest of the course. That's how I think it's going to play out. Um, Around the green, Poa putting. Let's see what else. Uh, And I looked at recent form course history and three putt avoidance, right? So those aren't in the model, but I looked at them. Uh, I think getting up and down or two putting here at Tory is going to be a massive advantage as well. Um, and I also put in 175 to 200 and 200 plus um, proximity approach shots. All right, let's take a look at some of the win bets that I have placed already. Um, I tweeted this out maybe two or three weeks ago. Ryan Palmer was just a ridiculous ridiculous odds, right? So he finished T2 at Torrey in January, and I know this course is not going to play exactly similar, but it is still Torrey uh, where Ryan Palmer has a knack for finishing high. Um, Numbers just out of left field. I I don't know what was happening there, but he should be. I think it's already down. Maybe if you're listening to this and haven't bet it, I think it might be at 150, which I still think is is really good for... um, for Ryan Palmer. He hasn't been in great form, um, which is probably why his number's where it's at. You know, he's he's been spraying the ball a bit, uh, not playing great, but this is just purely a number. Uh, you know, I don't think that that reflects his ability. So, pulled the trigger on Ryan Palmer. I probably will avoid him on DraftKings, to be honest. Because I think he'll be popular with all of the... I've seen a lot of people talk about betting him because of his numbers being so high, which will probably correlate to, or I should say translate to, him being fairly high-owned on DraftKings. I think we can avoid him. Um, I found X, Xander Schauffele, at 20-1. to 1. I am going to bet Xander at 20-1. to 1. I think he's like more like 15 at most books right now, um, which... I wouldn't fault anybody for taking that either. Um, I, here's the thing. It's not a great number. I think 
he probably like I don't think he has any better of a chance to win than Colin Morikawa, who's twenty five to one. But I think Xander just fits here. Um, you know, he always contends at U.S. Opens. He came in T two with Palmer in January at the Farmers at this same course. And one of the uh, stats that stuck out to me, I actually didn't have in my model, but I was perusing the PGA website for a few stats that I thought might be interesting to take a look at. And his proximity from the rough. So they will break down the proximity stats from the fairway and from the rough. He is one of the best players on tour at hitting the green after landing in the rough, right after his ball comes to rest in the rough, his second shot being, or third shot on a par, th- par five, being from the rough, he is one of the best players out of the rough. Obviously, there's other guys that um, are up there like Bryson. Um, I believe Sam Burns was there as well, and Russell Henley. Uh, but driving distance, he's up there. He is in pretty good form. He's a really good par five score. I mean, every, anything you could think uh, about Xander... Um, he rates out pretty well from the proximities. I think I like also, you know, if you have an each way option or if you just want to throw some top five money on him, I think that's a good bet because he does have the ability uh, or the tendency to give it away on Sunday. But I really do like Xander, especially at the number I got him 20 to 1. Morikawa, and listen, I said two weeks ago, uh, hopefully you're reading my article on Fanshare Sports. Because pretty much I'm putting the podcast into written words and and putting it out there at Fanshare. So even though I wasn't on the airwaves over the last month or so, I was putting out some written content. And I was all over Morikawa at Memorial. Like I'm pretty much bet him anytime he shows up uh, for the most part. But was on him at Memorial. Didn't think I had a chance because Ron was just running away with it. But I have a bone to pick with the PGA. I'm sure you guys saw it at Memorial. 17th hole. Morikawa is in the rough just off the green. Cantlay is probably 25 feet for birdie. They're both hitting three. It is an absolute torrential downpour. The winds are whipping. You can't even see two feet in front of you. Morikawa is, is up. They let him chip. He gets it maybe to 10 feet, but like just brutal conditions. He had to go into the bag and get his umbrella and his rain gloves and really, really rough chip out of there. And then as soon as that happens, they stop play. They come out and, and let Patrick Cantley wait out his 25-footer. The sun, the sun comes out. And, you know, he has perfect conditions and rolls in his 25-foot birdie putt to tie Morikawa. I really thought that was unfair. I thought that they either should have stopped Morikawa from playing his third or just made Cantlay hit his third. Was pretty unfair that they stopped it uh, in the middle of, of them hitting their third. But what can you do? Uh, but, you know, Morikawa, he rates out. Anytime you're going to put a stat model in, uh, Morikawa is going to to pop because he is such a good iron player. His 200-plus irons have kind of come unglued over the last few tournaments that he's played, but I think that might just be 
uh, an anomaly. He is the best iron player on tour in the world, whatever you want to say about him. He hits the ball straight off the tee and is not too bad in, in driving distance, right? So that's what I was talking about when I, when I said you kind of want to get the both, best of both worlds. He, ice in his veins, can stripe it down the middle, can put it wherever he wants in the fairway for the most part, and he is also decently long, right? Like his length won't be an advantage here at Torrey, but it also <clears throat> I don't think will be a detriment. So I do like Morikawa. Took him at 25 to 1. Patrick Reed. I mean, this guy is floating around a 33 to 1 um, is where I scooped him. So Reed is an excellent par five player. And the thing I, I really like about Reed is he's a really good poa putter. And I think poa putting, it's popped the last few times that, uh, Torrey has been played, you know, this, this, the strokes gained metrics have, you know, dialed in on the best putters in the field for the most part of the guys who gain the most putting strokes. Here's how I think Reed wins. If he does win, I think if it is an absolute grind it out, like the rough is brutal, guys really can't hit the fairway. Everybody is scratching and clawing, scrambling up and down, having to make, you know, 10 footers for par. That's where Reed will win this event. Um, He's a really, really good scrambler. He can get up and down like it's nobody's business. He's also a good par five scorer. So I think that is a really good combination here at Torrey. Um, you know, he can he can score on the par fives, tread water, like I said before, on the tougher par fours and par threes. And if this is like a six, seven under US Open win, I like Patrick Reed at 33 to 1. Great number. 50 to 1, Paul Casey. Um, he pops when you sort by rounds that are difficult to par. So anytime there is a extremely difficult course on tour, Paul Casey always seems to pop, always seems to do well, right? So he's seventh in the model overall. His approach is ninth. His opportunities gained is seventh. He's first in the uh, the iron distances, the proximity distances. So I just like the number a lot, 50 to one on Paul Casey. He's another guy that scores well on par fives. I think he could kind of be like a Patrick Reed. Um, you know, if it's a grinded out, I could see Paul Casey getting there as well. That's the only, those are the five that I have at this point. Um, X, Morikawa, Reed, Casey, and a long bomb on Palmer. I might throw somebody else in like in the 80 to 100 range. I saved some bullets. I didn't really go too hard on the Palmetto championship, thankfully, because I did not do well. <laughs> um, capping that one. All right, so let's take a look at the model real quick. So just really quick, the top 10 in the model. Paul Casey, Jason Kokrak, Charlie Hoffman, Victor Hovland, Keegan Bradley, Brooks, Cantley, Shoffley, Morikawa, and Will Zalatoris. There's a couple guys in there that I really like for DraftKings that I really like for top 10, top 20 bets. Um, Kokrak, I guess he's going to be popular. I can't, I don't know if I could see him winning a U.S. Open right now at this point, but he is statistically, he's right there, right? Second in par five scoring, fourth in opportunities gained, seventh in the 200 plus proximity range. He's a really good putter. I mean, he, he smashes the ball far. 
He's not going to hit a ton of fairways, but you know, will that matter here? We'll see. Um, so I do like Cole Crack Hoffman. Um, Hoffman, I think he he lost a step. I really like him for first round leader. And if you know, I'll have all this up on FanshareSports.com free. It's a free article where I highlight pretty much everything that I'm going to bet. So if you feel like I'm going too fast or or you miss anything, all the info is definitely up there. Hoffman, I mean, his approach has been on. You know, he's third in opportunities gained. He rates out pretty well from the proximity ranges. He's a good par five scorer. He fits the mold. Um, Can he, where I think Hoffman would get in trouble is getting up and down if he starts to miss greens. Um, He's not the best from around the green. Hovland rates out well, obviously. Another great long iron player um, and another very accurate driver. Uh, his, His tee game is usually dialed in. Same thing with Keegan, you know, hits the ball pretty straight. Uh, not the not the longest, but long enough. And his irons have been pretty nice over the last two or three months. You know, he's, he's contended. So I do like Keegan. Brooks' number is, I think, a little short. Like, I, I, so here's the thing. I got Xander at 20. If I had a bet today, and Xander and Brooks are both sitting at 15 or 14, I'm probably going to take Brooks. But uh, I think Xander at 20 was a good number. Uh, I don't know if, I think if you're leaning Brooks, Brooks rates out sixth in this model. Um, He says he feels good. He has statistically been pretty solid um, over the last few tournaments. So, I mean, if if you prefer Brooks to, to Xander, go for it. I like Xander. Zalatoris, man, is is this going to be a breakthrough for him? I mean, if he can hit some putts for the love. So the thing with, you know, bumpy POA greens is it could neutralize, you know, the advantage that good putters have, potentially. We see that a lot. You know, you think, oh, lightning fast POA greens, I have to, you know, kind of highlight the best putters, maybe take a few of them when in actuality, you know, no one's going to be sinking putts and, you know, everyone's just going to need to two putt and it kind of helps the guys who aren't great putters. And that's Dal Torres. He rates out pretty much phenomenally across the board aside from putting. So Dal Torres could definitely um, be interesting. Other guys that I think are definitely on my radar, Berger, um, he rates out well, you know, great iron player, Rates out well from the proximities. He's a good par five scorer. You know, he's in that mold. Hits the ball pretty far. And also hits it pretty straight. Uh, Shane Lowry. Man, Shane Lowry is in excellent form. um, And usually shows up on tough courses. I like Shane Lowry. Uh, Let's see. Who else we got that rates out well? Or even just pops in a stat category that is decent. The man is Streel, Kevin Streelman. You might think that his um, driving distance would be an issue, but I think he hits it far enough. He's okay off the tee, hits it straight enough. Um, and he, but he, the main thing is he rates out well from the the longer proximity range, uh, one seventy five to two hundred. So I think he'll be okay, even if he's a little bit further back. I like Streelman. I mean, one fifty to 
150 to 1 as an outright. I'm not going to bet him to win this, but I think maybe a top 10 DraftKings play, first round leader type bet is definitely smart. Uh, love Matt Wallace. You know, he rates out really well from the par 4 distances, 450 to 500. And I mean, if you're playing 6, 7 of those, it makes up a 30 year week. You definitely think Matt Wallace could uh, end up placing really high. Obviously, Woodland has a nice track record um, at U.S. Opens. Uh, and, you know, I mean, he hits the ball mile. So he's another one that you can definitely uh, look at. Johnny Vegas. Uh, so Johnny Vegas is someone who I've had my eye on. Thank goodness he didn't hit first round leader last week because he was like my last guy off that I left off my first round leader card, but he hits the ball far. He's fifth in driving distance um, and he can, you know, he can play par five pretty well. He's good from the proximity ranges. I think Johnny Vegas is a good first round leader DraftKings play as well this week. Um, Cam Smith, if it's a grind it out type game, type tournament he can get up and down with the best of them he's got a really great short game so I like Cam Smith uh especially on DraftKings I think he'll go a little bit unchecked we mentioned Patrick Reed I don't know what to do with Tony Fee now man um you know his number's nice as an outright but I don't think I can I can pull the trigger on it probably not on DraftKings either because his ownership is going to just be out of this universe, I would imagine. Um, let's sort by different statistics. Sometimes, you know, you see something that pops, you know, maybe a player doesn't rate out great overall in the model, uh, but they pop in one or two areas that you think are the most important. So the guys who are leading the tour in approach right now, um, Morikawa, Casey, Stuart Sink, Guy to keep an eye on there. Charlie Hoffman, Patrick Cantley, Justin Thomas, Speed, Zalatoris, Berger, and Connors. If we're going to narrow it down to the specific ranges, 200 plus, there's going to be a ton of shots from 200 plus this week. Paul Casey again, Bryson Hatton, Palmer, uh, Zalatoris, Leishman, Kokrak, Rom, Kepka, DJ. How about the 175 to 200? Because if it's not 200 plus, it's probably going to be 175 plus. Uh, Morikawa, Hoffman, Streelman, Martin Keimer, Lanto, Joaquin Neiman, Sink, Zalatoris, Hovland, Berger. There is a lot of the same names coming in there. Um, so those guys are probably, I will concentrate on par five scores. Um, so one thing that I will look at is I will put par 5 scoring and strokes gained around the green as one, right? Because a lot of times, there's two reasons to that. So par 5 scoring, a lot of times if you're going for the green in two, you're going to end up around the green. Uh, so you need to be pretty good up and down player to get up and down for birdie. And also, if this is a, if this is a super tough U.S. Open, right, where there's not much scoring at all, you're going to need to score on par fives and you're going to need to get up and down on par threes and par fours to make pars and, you know, just keep yourself chugging along, you know, at that minus five, minus six target. 
So let's see here. Is there anybody that rates out really well at par fives and strokes gained around the green? I think there's definitely something to that. Paul Casey, sixth and 22nd, right, right off the bat. Uh, that's why I like Paul Casey. I really think he has a good shot at contending here at Torrey. Jordan Spieth, he's first in par five scoring over the last 24 rounds and also 24th in around the green. We know he has that ma magic touch with the 52 and the 60. That's a piece of info for you there. Jordan Spieth does not carry a sand wedge. He does not carry a 56 degree. He has a gap wedge. He has a lob wedge. And he, you know, dials it in with those two clubs, does not have three wedges in the bag. Um, Brooks is pretty good. 7 and 47. Not bad at all. Let's see if there's anybody. Let's sort by strokes gained around the green. See if anybody is at least decent um, at part five scoring. Hmm. Brian Harmon. I mean, he hits the ball like 250 off the tee, so that might be an issue. But he is ninth in fairways gained, fifth in strokes gained around the green, and 14th in par five scoring. Might be something too. Brian Harmon. Cam Smith again. Like I said, he's a magician around the green. 32nd in par 5 scoring. Same thing with Shane Lowry. 10th around the green. 36th in par 5 scoring. Let's take a look at the best putters in this field. This is sorted. Uh, let's see. Zach Johnson, Christian Bezedenhout, Poulter, Troy Merritt, Louie, Abe Anser, Brendan Todd, Matt Fitzpatrick, Jason Kokrak, Joaquin Neiman are your top 10 putters in this field. And who are the top players from the par 4 distances? Number 1, Colin Morikawa, Louis Oosthuizen, Abraham Anser, Patrick Cantlay, Rory McIlroy, Matt Wallace, Corey Connors, Lee Westwood, Xander, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Alright, so this is shaping up to be one heck of a U.S. Open for a complete breakdown of my bets. Outrights, first-round leaders, top 10, 20, DraftKings plays. Make sure to head on over to fansharesports.com and check out my best bets article there. I list everything pretty much that I am, am taking. Until next week, good luck in all of your U.S. Open DFS contests and betting wagers. See ya.